This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by your new best friend, Kaslin Corp's Buddy. Buddy can connect to and control all of your Kaslin products and smart home devices. At Kaslin, we believe that every child deserves a friend for life. A friend who will never, ever leave him. A friend till the end. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. This week, a double feature. Straight out of Kelsey's Nightmares. Yes. We are finally watching Child's Play, which we've seen before. Yes. But as we've oft repeated on the show, is one of Kelsey's great phobias. Yes. So she needed to get as plastered as she could in order to watch this movie. It's true. And uh, there was still time. There was like a refractory period afterwards. Yes. (laughs) Where, like... Lights on in the house, <laughs> not alone in any spooky room or anything like that. <laughs> so I I hope you guys appreciate the sacrifice that she made for you. I really hope you do. <laughs> we are watching both 1988's Child's Play and the 2019 reboot. Yeah. Sure. Well, let's let's call it a reboot. Yes. Don't call it a comeback. But before we get to the movies, Kelsey, how do we start the show? We're starting it differently, actually. We are. We could no longer use Trivial Pursuit Horror Edition. We ran out of good cards. Yeah. We just kept hitting the same cards over and over again. So we now have two different games so that we don't run out of cards so quickly. Yes. Chris's is called... The Horror Film Quiz Book. And mine is just called Horror Trivia. (laughs) So here we go. First question from Horror Trivia. Give me what you got. Who wrote the novella, The Hellbound Heart, which inspired the movie Hellraiser? And Clive Barker did, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Woohoo! All right, Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Before we say his name... In this episode, can you recall Chucky's full name? What? Chucky is short for something. Charles. What's the name of the serial killer? I don't know. Charles Lee Ray. Oh, I do remember that now. He's named after Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray, who assassinated Martin Luther King. So, some assassins and Manson. Okay. I thought that was pretty interesting, but but I mean that was my fact about it, by the way. So now that's out of the way, we probably won't be talking about it again. <laughs> <laughs> my second question is also child's play based, but it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult. You might get the answer in our conversation, so you know, keep your ears open. I'll do that. Okay. So our first movie is 1988's Child's Play, 
based on a story by Don Mancini, with a screenplay written by Don Mancini, John Lafia, Lafia, and Tom Holland, and directed by Tom Holland, starring Catherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon, Alex Vincent, and Brad Dourif. First, I want to talk about this cast and crew here a little bit. Okay. We know Tom Holland. Yes. Tom Holland wrote and directed Fright Night. That was his directorial debut. However, he is also responsible for two Stephen King adaptations, one of which being Thinner, and the other, The Langoliers. Really? Oh, no. Yeah. Ooh. Scaring the little girl? Oh, God. Scaring the little girl? Scaring the little girl! (laughs) Though he did scare me when I saw that when I was a kid. Yeah. He was scary. But, you know, regardless of the fact that they're directed by different people, all of the made-for-TV miniseries of Stephen King, they all feel the same. (laughs) Anyway, maybe maybe Stephen King should stick to books. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really curious about Dr. Sleep. Though. I think it looks good. Yeah. Chris Sarandon also previously acted for Tom Holland in Fright Night. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. So not, not Spider-Man. What? Not Spider-Man, Tom Holland. No, no, he did not direct this in 1988. I know, I'm he just wasn't clearing even alive it. I'm just clearing the air, because when I first saw Tom Holland, I was like, uh, uh. Wait. Uh. <laughs> Kelsey, what is Child's Play about? A serial killer <laughs> who happens to know voodoo puts himself inside of a doll once he realizes that the cops are going to kill him. And... He swears revenge on certain people. I think his partner, because he's a serial killer with a partner, which does happen. It does happen. It's rare, it's but a it little does weird. happen. Yeah. And the cop who is going to kill him, played by Chris Sarandon. Not Susan Sarandon. No. Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon, ex-husband of Susan Sarandon. <laughs> also the voice of Jack Skellington. And not the singing voice. Not the singing voice, because that's Danny Elfman. But the yes. speaking voice of Jack Skellington. And obviously he's Prince Humperdinck, which yes. everyone should know him from. Yes. What's his other motive, though? He's just evil. He's a no? serial well, killer. Well, yeah, he is a serial killer, but he's trying to become human again. Oh, that's right. Yes, he would like to become human again. And for some reason, the, he has to, <laughs> it he has has to, to be the person that he... First revealed his true self to. Which makes no sense. Right. It, it seems very arbitrary and nonsensy. But then he gets to take over that person's body. So he's and going so after he's the going kid after at the, the kid. end. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the major plot thrust of this movie. So the movie is free on Amazon and Hulu. I think we watched it on Amazon. Okay. Should our audience watch this movie? Yes. Yeah. You feel comfortable saying yes. Yes, because I know that I understand that it's stupid that it scares me like I like it does. And I think it's an important film for the genre. Sure. Yeah. Really key. And it's another one of those movies, uh, the, the franchises, where the first movie has maybe a little bit slightly silly premise, but it takes itself very seriously. And then every subsequent sequel is just utter nonsense. I wouldn't know. It uh, like uh, never seen like oh, Leprechaun. I've seen, 
I've seen moments from different Chucky films because people are assholes yeah. in my life. But I've never actually seen any of the other sequels in their totality. There's a famous line in one of them where Chucky says something along the lines of, if this is what it takes to be a human, I'd rather stay a possessed doll. It's less complicated. <laughs> if this is what it takes to be human, then I would rather take my chances as a supernaturally possessed doll. It's less complicated. Like, see, it's that kind of stuff that you get in future Chucky movies, which is why I was not one of those people that was all upset when they were going to reboot it and it wasn't going to be by Don Mancini, who kind of controlled everything after this one, because we have like 147 different ones of those. Mm -hmm. They've run their course, people. What are you going to get out of the next one that you haven't already gotten out of the previous seven? <laughs> That's the reboot, though. Let's talk about the original. <laughs> yes. You should absolutely see this one. I think it's seminal. Yes. It's totally seminal, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you can take our advice or leave it, but when we get back, we will talk about 1988's Child's Play. Meet Chucky. Hi, I'm Chucky. He's more than just a toy. He's something, isn't he? He's an adventure. <laughs> he walks, he talks, <laughs> and he never needs batteries. In fact, he's virtually unbreakable. Stop! Trouble is, Chucky is one toy you never want to play with. Why not? The broadcast premiere, Child's Play, Tuesday at 8, here on Channel 2. Kelsey, can you get the ball rolling? How does Child's Play begin? We open on Chris Sarandon running after... Brad Dorif, and in this movie, he is called the Strangler. He's just the Strangler. I mean, there's also the Boston Strangler. Yeah. So, but then you feel like they they could have been maybe more, a little more inventive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and, but but it, it plays out kind of like it's a robbery gone wrong or something like that, and he has a getaway driver that's waiting for him, and it's it's very bizarre. Yeah. And then. You find out through the exposition that he's actually a serial killer. Yes. And, like, he evades the cops in the stupidest way. Like, how they miss him when they run by is beyond me. Yeah, it's weird. He's kind of running away and the cops just drive right past him. It's kind of bizarre. So then he goes in and there they are, the dolls everywhere. It is my nightmare. They're called My Buddies. Right? No. Oh, is that just the new one? No. Okay, so My Buddy is a doll that actually existed. I had a My Buddy when I was a kid. It looks very, very similar. Now, keep in mind, this came out in 88. So I was about five when this movie came out. The My Buddy doll came out earlier than this, and about like 85 or so. So the My Buddy doll already existed. And it had overalls over a striped shirt, and its eyes would open and close when you, like, when you lifted it up, its eyes would open. When you laid it down, its eyes would close. I think I've told this story before, because after Child's Play came out, I never saw it, but he scared the crap out of me. And I had to put him in my closet at night because he opened I and closed his like eyes. I like the closet. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's, for, again, from the remake. Um, so that's partially what it's based on. I would say, as far as the visuals are concerned, mostly what he's based on. But he's also based on a doll called Corky. So the series of dolls are called Good Guy Dolls. And oh, they all get their, yeah, they all get their own name. And he his name is Chucky, 
because obviously his soul is Charles Lee Ray. Yes. But Corky is an actual doll who has an actual voice. It's one of the kids in Halloween Tree, by the way. Uh, Eden Gross, he plays just a normal Chucky. You know, the one that says, hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? That one is Eden Gross, who's the voice actor of the actual Corky doll, who this was partially based on. So they actually got him to play that. So kind of based on on the two of those. It's so funny because I never saw any of those. I was only ever exposed to Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, which is also kind of creepy. Which is what I always associated it with because my brother had one, but I barely remember it because it broke. (laughs) The eye had popped out, and so you could see the thing in it moving, and it scared my brother, so we got rid of it. (laughs) So anyway, Don Mancini, who came up with the story and helped write the script and then shepherded the series after this first one, he says in the original script he was called Buddy, but because of the My Buddy doll, they couldn't use that, so they changed his name to Chucky. But specifically, he got a My Buddy, he got a Raggedy Ann and Andy, he got, I think, a Corky doll, and basically took them all to the designer and said, like, design me something. The guy who designed Chucky, his name is Kevin Yeager. Uh, and he said he wanted something like the My Buddy doll, explicitly calling out the My Buddy doll. There's also the influence of, there's a Twilight Zone episode with a antagonist called Talkie Tina. Yeah, I've never seen the episode, but I know yes. I know of it. And Talkie Tina is, is based on a real-life doll called Chatty Cathy. Yes. Who was one of those... She actually talks dolls from, like, the 60s or whatever. Mm -hmm. So a lot of influences. I mean, it's just a general sort of, like, living doll thing is part of the American cultural zeitgeist. And this pulls from a lot of places. But, again, visually, it's a My Buddy doll, just with red hair. And then they made a kid sister for for the girls. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy and me. Kid sister, kid sister, kid sister, kid sister. There, there are lyrics to that song, My buddy but that's like the chorus. It's all separately from play school. There is a song for Chucky in the sequel, too. And in the remake. they are buddies. Yes, they are buddy dolls, but with a final I instead of a Y. Yes. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about the doll a little bit and where he came from. Uh, originally conceived by Don Mancini and designed by Kevin Yeager. I've always hated it because I've always been like, it's such an ugly doll. Yeah. Why would anyone actually want it? And if you've been to Disneyland in the past 10 years and you've seen a Jessie doll, you know, from Toy Story, Uh they... They took Chucky's face and then red hair and then put it on a cowgirl. Yes, it looks so much like Chucky. So when they have the actual costumed actors come out and it's got this giant oversized head, which looks more akin to the Chucky doll, it's kind of terrifying. Yes, and the doll is so scary. It's got this enormous grin. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So he does his voodoo and he promises to get revenge. Lightning strikes the store. <laughs> yes. And they just pronounce him dead. <laughs> because his body's dead. Yeah. Uh-huh. So cut to our main kid. His name is Andy, which always makes me think of Rosemary's Baby. Oh. I was going to say Toy Story with the animated 
toys. Mm. The kid's name is Andy. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people think is a direct reference to Child's Play, just for the adults. That's so funny. Yeah. No, it always makes me think of Rosemary's Baby because her names are Jenny or Andy. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Weird poll, but all right. <laughs> if I ask you, what was Rosemary's Baby's name going to be? Then they ended up naming him Damien, right? No. Or something like that. That is the omen. No, I know the kid in the omen is named Damien, but I'm saying, don't they try to give him a different name after he's born and they take him from her? Adrian. Adrian, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Satan is his father, and his name is Adrian. And we see that there is a TV show, there is a serial, there is an outfit that the kid is wearing. Yes, and there is a person in costume. The voice of that version of Chucky, or good guy doll, whatever he is, uh, is Tom Holland, the director. And he has this really dumb laugh, Heidi ho ha ha ha. <laughs> it's so funny that you remembered that. <laughs> I wrote it down. It's this doll that talks and he's like, I'm your friend till the end. Hi, I'm Oscar and I'm your friend till the end. Heidi ho ha ha ha. And then there's the giant one, which is again straight out of my nightmares. The kid runs in, wake up, mommy. It's only 630 in the morning, but it's a beautiful day. It sure is. So they are like... The perfect single mom and uh-huh. son, which is the exact opposite in the new movie. Right. Which is interesting. It's an interesting take. And it it's his birthday, but like the way they treat it, like, oh, the presents are sitting on the fireplace and he's ready to open them. It feels like Christmas instead of a birthday. But he's really excited and he opens it up, but it ends up just being closed And then he opens up the other one and it ends up being something else. And he's like, I wanted the Chucky doll. And the mom's like, I'm sorry, I didn't have enough time to save up for one. So they've got money issues. Which doesn't really come into play any more than that. Well, I mean, she works a retail job and she has to get it secondhand. So. Oh, that's why. That's why. Because she has money problems. But other than that, that's it. It's just the impetus for why she gets the doll that way. Yes. So. She works at a stand in the mall, I think, selling jewelry. And for some reason, there's a guy in the back alley ready to sell. That's a thing. Shit. That's totally a thing. (laughs) So obviously, there was this big explosion from the toy store. And product got scattered and was probably recovered and probably taken by some uh, vagrants nearby or what have you. And then this guy sells one of them. And it just happens to be the one with Charles Lee Ray's soul inside of it yes through this we meet her best friend and her best friend is the one who comes and tells her about it maggie yeah and she's she's like a jokester she's like oh i think i dated him you know right. like uh-huh. she's the comedian of the group right she's a fun one it, yes and the the plot line is extremely flimsy completely flimsy and to set up the first kill the mom Karen, played by Katherine Hicks, who I always knew as the mom from Seventh Heaven. I never watched that. Uh, but she's also in, God, one of the Star Trek movies. I think it's Star Trek Four, the one where they go back in time to Earth. Nope. I think is the one that she's in. <laughs> uh, in any case, 
You don't remember that one where they no. land on Earth in the 80s or the 70s or whatever? I can't remember. Pretty much only remember the space it's, whales. <laughs> that is that one. Don't tell me. You're from outer space. No, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. Oh, well, I was close. I mean, I knew outer space was going to come into this sooner or later. The truth? Oh, I am all ears. I am from what on your calendar would be the late 23rd century. I've come back in time to bring two humpback whales with me in an attempt to repopulate the species. Well, why didn't you just say so? I mean, why all the coy disguises? The voyage home. Yeah. They go back in time? Uh-huh. Oh. Well, they need to save the whales. <laughs> That's what it's all about, saving the whales. So they go to modern day Earth. Anyway, just explaining where Catherine Hicks comes from. <laughs> she is basically forced to work a double shift that day. And Maggie says, don't worry, I'll take care of Andy. And so she gets to, Catherine Hicks gets to go home, give him the doll, but then she has to go right back to work. And then Maggie is going to come and watch him for the night. And the guy, and I just do want to point out that I noticed the guy, who her boss who yells at her and tells her to stay. Yes. Is in Home Alone, and I totally caught that. You did. You're like, where do I know him from? And I'm like, you know him from somewhere? I mean, yeah, I guess he is vaguely familiar. He's the guy that the mom talks to in Scranton. Where am I? Scranton. (laughs) (laughs) I have been from Dallas to something. To to Scranton. Anyway. So there's, there's a really interesting element of the film at this point where... If we didn't know all the Brad Dourif stuff already, it's just Andy talking to Chucky and, like, putting his ear up to Chucky's mouth. And you don't see Chucky move. You don't hear Chucky talk. It's just, like, Andy's treating him like his imaginary friend. Mm -hmm. And then when things start to get serious, like, I wonder where that movie is where we don't know ahead of time that this is a possessed doll. And that it might just be Andy. I think that was part of the original script. I have notes here about the original script that I'll go over later. I think that would have been a really interesting script. Mm. I I think the thing is, is that if I had seen it without the background, I would have been like, why the fuck is he alive? Like, I wouldn't have accepted that. But at the same time, I think I would have really enjoyed that wondering is it the kid or is it the doll so early scripts I, I i found it early scripts yes did delay the reveal that he is actually a, a possessed doll for much longer apparently that was then picked up and used in pinocchio's revenge in 1996 <laughs> but the original script one of the names it had was blood buddy and the reason being is that he he came to life because these dolls had like latex skin like realistic skin and they had like blood in them as well so like they could get hurt and they would bleed and then you'd get like marketed bandages you know with the the blood buddy doll you know band-aids that you put on them just like you know the dolls that really shit in their diapers (laughs) that's a real thing and also probably peeing is more common but you know like the the dolls that really do the things that you know when kids I want to be a parent and change the diaper or whatever you know it's that sort of thing where it has real blood uh, we used to have a um a Kenny from South Park and his head would pop off oh that's funny <laughs> <laughs> but but and inside there would be blood Andy being this weird fucking kid makes a blood pact with his doll 
and like cuts his own hand and then cuts the buddy's hand and like makes a blood pact with him. And that is what brings Chucky to life. That was in the original script. Oh, okay. Yeah, called Blood Buddy. <laughs> Mancini says that probably about half of his original ideas ended up in what became the script. So he gets credited separately for the story and for the screenplay. Anyway, so he's talking to the doll, and then he is told to go to bed. But he's like, oh, but Chucky wants to watch the news, because the news is going to talk about him, the dead serial killer. And, of course, Maggie's like, yeah, okay, whatever, go to bed. And suddenly the TV comes on. Maggie gets pissed. Because she thinks it's Andy. She thinks that he ran out, put the doll in front of the TV, turned it on, and ran back into bed. And he's just like, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. He talks to Chucky and says, see, I told you she'd be upset. Mm -hmm. I told you she'd be mad at you if you watched the news. Also part of the news is that his partner is still alive and on the loose. Ah, yes. So now he knows. He's got to get revenge on his partner. Mm -hmm. Things start happening around the house and she's very confused but she keeps checking on Andy, and he's in bed, so it can't be him. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, ooh, bad, bad green screen. Hammer coming at you. Uh-huh. And then somehow that hammer knocks her through a window and knocks her off their whatever story building they're on. Right, yeah. Which is the, the building that you get in probably the best posters for this movie. Or just like there's the building, and then there's the lightning striking, and yeah. Yes. Of course, the mother comes home, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? And Susan Sarandon. Chris Sarandon is kind of accusing her son and, like, already trying to interrogate him, which is illegal, Chris Sarandon. Right, without the mother's permission. (laughs) But there's flour on the counter, and there's small little footprints. One of the things he notices is that they match the footprints... On his footy pajamas, which are the My Buddy. But what he doesn't notice is that flower is all over the doll's feet. Yes. Which seems like it'd be really obvious. Uh-huh. And then he's, he comes out and says, oh, no, I know. It was it was Chucky. It was Chucky. He, he left the footprints. And his mom's like, shut up. And Chris Sarandon's like, oh, let's talk about this some more. Can I talk about this with you? And she's like, no, get out of here. Yeah, at one point, he asks her, are you all right? And and I just wanted to be like, no, I am not all right, Prince Humperdinck. Get out of my house. (laughs) The kid is actually pretty decent. I mean, he just just seems like a normal kid. When he is terrified and he's like sitting there alone in later on in the scene when he's in the hospital and he knows Chucky is coming for him and he's like crying, like that just, oh, just twist the knife in my heart just like oh god it, it's so effective but when he tries to be badass at the climax it's just kind of funny well but i'm what i'm saying is is that like when he's trying to convince his mom that she's totally ignoring him he goes but mom it sounds it's mean but mom and it sounds super like natural when he tries to convince his mother later that night that Chucky is alive, he says, well, Chucky said Aunt Maggie was a real bitch and she got what she deserved. (laughs) He said Aunt Maggie was a real bitch and got what she deserved. 
<laughs> Which is the first thing that like really makes the mom like, oh god. Right. Is, is my son a serial killer? Kid? Yeah. Uh-huh. So the next day. Yes, the next day they go to school, but Chucky convinces him to cut school. Right. Again, we still don't necessarily know that Chucky is animated at this point. Yes, all we ever see well, I don't know. That's not true because earlier we did see behind Aunt Maggie, and I guess you could argue it could have been. It's, he's wearing the same he outfit. He is wearing the same outfit, but yeah. you do see right. someone running in saying, the background. We don't, we don't get confirmation, which is one of those scenes that's really scary. All the, all the shots where Chucky runs in the background and stuff uh, are notorious for being terrifying. They are. Like, people are like, yeah, it's a silly movie, but like that was scary. <laughs> Yeah, that and his face scare the crap yeah. out of me. So anyway, he gets on the bus to Chicago to find Eddie, who is Chucky's accomplice who left him behind and got him caught. So Andy goes to take a piss in a pile of trash and leaves <laughs> Chucky sitting on a chair. And when he comes back, Chucky's gone. Yes. He's gone inside proceeded to turn on all the gas valves in the house, like in the oven and stuff like that, and confront Eddie. Yes. In doing so, causes a huge explosion blowing up the house, the hideout that Eddie is in and killing Eddie. But somehow not killing Jackie? I can't remember how he gets out. He does get out. I think there's a lot of scurrying and scaring Eddie, and then he leaves, and then it blows up or something. I don't know. So the kid was picked up at, from the location and picked up by Chris Sarandon, and they're like, okay, now here's another person dead, and here's your kid. <laughs> uh, we need to keep him for psychiatric evaluation because he's saying his doll is alive. Mm-hmm. And so he gets sent to a hospital to be evaluated. A psychiatric hospital. The mom stays home and is there with the Chucky doll. And this is where, when she goes to throw out the the box, the giant D batteries (laughs) fall out of it. Okay, to give you a concept about D batteries, (laughs) Kelsey, what did you say to me when we saw those batteries on screen? I thought they weren't real. Right? Nothing uses D batteries anymore. If it's not... A mag light, and one of those giant heavy flashlights that they're that big because they fit D batteries in them. You just don't see D batteries used anymore, but they're those giant circular ones that, you know, you put in a sock and you hit somebody with. <laughs> uh, but she realized that uh, Chucky being talking and, and moving his arms and his mouth and his eyes and stuff like that. They never put the batteries in on day one. Mm-hmm. And this is when she realizes that Chucky's really alive and she tries to get him to talk. Well, first she just picks him up. Uh-huh. And she turns him over, opens up his back, sees there's no batteries, and his head spins around. He says, hi, hi I'm, I'm Chucky. Chucky. Want to play? play? Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? <laughs> Yes. And she drops him and he runs away. He rolls under the couch. Oh, that's right. I was going to say, but that's not good enough for her. It's still not good enough no, no, for no. her. She finds him and it's like under the couch. He hasn't moved. So she's like, hmm. So she picks him up and she's trying to force him to talk. And is like, fine. If you won't talk, then 
I'm burning you up. And she starts. Doesn't she say, I'll teach fireplace. you to fuck with me? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. He might say that, actually. Oh, maybe. You bitch, you slut. Yeah. I said, talk to me, damn it, or else I'm going to throw you in the fire. You stupid bitch, you filthy slut. Did you fuck with me? So that's when she's about to throw him in the fireplace. That's when he becomes animated. It's the first time we see him with his angry, aggressive face. And he starts swinging and tearing and biting at her. He's terrifying. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. I hate it. I hate you guys. (laughs) I hate that I'm reliving it. So ultimately in the kerfuffle, Chucky gets away. He goes off on his own to find the guy where he learned all of his voodoo stuff from. We'll talk about him in a bit. But she goes and she tracks down Chris Sarandon and is like, yo, Chucky's really alive. (laughs) He's like, okay, you're crazy too. (laughs) So she tries to go back and find that vagrant who sold her the doll in the first place. Who is about to rape her. Yes. Jesus, was that necessary? So while she's going to track down this guy, Chris Sarandon is going and looking into other leads. And things she said has started to like kind of tick with him because she said his name is actually Charles Lee Ray. And he's like, whoa, 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 Charles Lee Ray is dead. That's how he was like, okay, you're crazy. But he starts to follow up on all of his loose ends from the Charles Lee Ray case. I do want to note that the score is very interesting. In certain parts, and, like, there's moments of silence. And it's like, it seems like they were actually really trying, which was interesting. There is tell that I haven't looked up yet of an end credits theme song that wasn't actually used, much like the remake used by Joe Renzetti and Simon Stokes. But they thought that it kind of made Chucky seem more silly and not as scary because it was like a theme song for him. So I want to look that up. Apparently it's in one of the trailers. I'll have to find that. And if I find it, I will include it here. He said, hi there, ain't I lucky? Pleased to meet you. Call me Chucky. I'll always be your very bestest friend. You know, pals are hard to come by. But you'll find that I'm a good guy. We'll stick with you until the very end. Then much to my surprise, he rolled his head and he blinked his eyes. So I took him home to be my very own. But in any case, Chris Sarandon, I feel, is sufficiently skeptical about this, but he does still follow her because he's worried that she is going to get herself into trouble. And so when she almost gets raped by this peddler dude, mm-hmm. he shows up and breaks things up and then saves her. Mm-hmm. So she tries to convince him that they need to go get Andy out of the hospital because he's in danger. And he's just like, I'm sane and I'm rational. And I'm telling you that you're wrong. And she's just like, fuck you, pull over. And <laughs> So she gets out, and he's alone in the car. This is when he gets attacked by Chucky. And yes. there's a scene in the car. And it seems like 
Oh, because he, because he is the one that he wants to kill. That's yeah. Right. Chucky wants to kill this guy for killing him. Yes. Yeah. And so he's like stabbing at him from with a knife he took from the home. And it's funny him trying to swerve and avoid traffic but not get stabbed in the butt. Oh, I was wrong when I said it because I'm – good night, asshole. I think that was Chucky saying that. Good night, asshole. Good night, asshole. And then when I wrote pull over, I think I was trying to be like, God, Chris Sarandon, oh, yes. pull the car over. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's it. And somehow the knife misses him every time. Yeah. But in any case, in, again, the kerfuffle, Chris Sarandon ends up shooting Chucky. But he starts to bleed and he runs away. Yeah, he's like, I didn't think anybody could hurt me. Yeah, this is why he goes and he tracks down John. John Bishop, also known as Dr. Death. This sort of stereotypical... I've got friends on the other side. Right, Baron Samedi kind of character. He's the one that introduced Eddie and Charles Lee Ray to voodoo. And he didn't... Charles didn't really, like, he followed this guy around, and he learned from him, but he doesn't know as much as John does, as Dr. Death does. So he's like, what the fuck? Mm. Why am I bleeding? Why did that hurt? And this is where John tells him, well, you're becoming more mortal. You know, you have a mortal soul and an inanimate object. That thing is going to eventually become mortal. I didn't think anybody could hurt me. But last night I got shot. You know something? It hurt. It hurt like a son of a bitch had even bled. Why is that, John? You're turning human. What? The more time you spend in that body, the more human you become. You mean I have to live out the rest of my life in this body? So he's like, well, fuck. Okay, I need to become a human again. And John tells him you need to sacrifice the person you originally exposed your true self to. And he's like, well, okay, the kid. So I guess I get to be a kid again, you know, and now he needs to track down the kid, but not before he kills John. Because John says you are evil and you have to be stopped. You yes. abused the power I gave you. Yes. Which, why wouldn't you think he would? He's a fucking strangler. A, yeah. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I have a date with a six-year-old boy and you have a date with death. And he stabs the voodoo doll and kills John. Yeah. And it's a pretty brutal scene with, like, the dude acting like he's in pain. Yes. So Chris Sarandon, Mike, ends up tracking down Catherine Hicks, Karen, and is like, oh, uh, uh, Chucky's alive. I totally believe you. Here's where I think he went. And I, I can't remember the exact circumstances, how they tracked down John. But for some reason, I wrote down, wait a minute. He worked the Charles Lee Ray case and he never knew about John. He had to, like, look through the evidence and then he found this guy. And, like, the painting on the wall, it's like, oh, that's John. And, like, he put two and two together. But it's like, you worked that case and you never knew that he this guy was an associate of think uh, yeah, about anyway. all the cases we've heard about lately where it's just like fucking really yeah uh-huh uh so anyway they show up and they find john dead and they're like well fuck this is it's all confirmed not only is chucky alive but he's also charles lee ray and now we got to stop him from killing your boy oh my god and then we get the scene in the hospital which like chris says is heartbreaking and you believe the kid's tears yeah 
and he's like, Chucky's here. He's coming to kill me. And, and the doctor they doesn't believe knock him. him out. Uh-huh. They drug him. Yeah. Or they try to, but not before Chucky can get to the doctor with electroshock therapy. Oh, Puts that God. cap on him and doesn't... Another brutal death yeah, scene. Yeah, uh-huh. And basically burns him to death. Yeah. So Andy gets out. But at some point, somebody hurts Chucky, and I love his gasp. Of, like, pure shock, like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I can't remember what happened. Nah, I don't remember either. But they get back home, Chucky uh, follows him and ends up knocking him out and starting to do the ceremony again. Basically the same one that put him in the doll. But now he's going to put himself into Andy. But not before Catherine Hicks and Chris Sarandon show up to stop this thing. And so now there's a big fight with all three of them. They're all going at it. Mike gets beat the fuck out of Chris Sarandon. But he's out of it. So it's down to Andy and Karen, his mom, to actually do something about this. She ends up getting him into the fireplace and putting up the grate. And he's like a rabid dog trying to break out of it. Oh, my God. And his face again all over the place. And so she knocks over the matches but she can't go and get them because she's trying to keep Chucky there so Andy has to get them and when he's about to light the matches Chucky stops becomes calm he doesn't go back to the old voice he's still Brad Dorif but he says Andy I'm your we're buddies right we're friends friends till the end he says this is the end friend yeah and he has that voice this is the end friend I thought it was cute. It is cute. It is cute. It's just not great acting. He's a kid. I think, I think it's I, funny. No, I, I love that. I imagine that a kid would really say it that way. But it sounds like a kid trying to sound like a movie, not like a kid who wants to kill his murderous doll who's <laughs> trying to murder him and his mom. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe a kid would actually do that. But in the context of a semi-silly movie, I think it's fine. Andy, no, please. We're friends to the end. Remember? This is the end, friend. It's fun. But then we get a burnt up Chucky face, which is even more terrifying. Yes. (laughs) It just gets worse and worse because he comes back because he hasn't been destroyed. And he grabs the mom and he's like, if you give me the boy, I'll let you live. But she continues to crawl because she's a badass. Yes. It's only a flesh wound. And she ends up shooting him with the gun over and over until there aren't any pieces left. He's been decapitated and everything. They call for, for an ambulance and Chris Sarandon's partner shows up and is like, what's going on? And Chris Sarandon's like, uh, the doll is possessed. It's all real. She wasn't lying. And he's like, yeah, okay. And he's like, look, the doll is in the hallway. Check it out. But whatever you do, do not touch him. And he goes and he sees the doll in two pieces and he grabs it. Grabs the head. Uh, he grabs, he picks up the head and he's like, this thing? And he, he brings it back in and they're like, oh, dude, we told you not to touch it. And he sets it on the dresser and he's like, this thing? This is the thing that's so scary? Come on. And then Chucky's hand comes out of a vent right over his shoulder and grabs onto him. Chris Sarandon ends up shooting Chucky's body, this time in the heart, and actually killing him instead of blowing limbs off or whatever. Because he's just like a torso with an arm at this point. <laughs> and this is what finally kills Chucky, supposedly. Now, the partner is like, 
oh my god, what the fuck was that? It's like, well, now do you believe us? And he's like, yeah, but who's gonna believe me? Believe me now? Yeah. But who's gonna believe me? And this is the big what's next question about movies like this. Mm-hmm. How do you explain fucking any of this? Because mm-hmm. literally zero people are going to believe you. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? How you doing? I'm glad to be done of it. Well, I have a few extra things. Of course you do. When Chucky's running, that's actually Andy's real life little sister. I knew that. Catherine Hicks. Karen, the mom, mm-hmm. she ended up marrying Kevin Yeager, <laughs> who was the guy who designed Chucky. And there are a bunch of scenes that were taken out that they're not really that important. That's all I have to say about it, though, Kelsey. It's okay. Okay. With that said, what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? I'll tell you this much. There's only 36 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. There is no technical critical consensus. Say 68? 67, actually. Really good. Nice job. A 58 on Metacritic and a B on CinemaScore. Mm-hmm. People had a lot of fun in that movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. What would you give it? Well, first, do you think it's overrated or underrated at 67? I'm... 67 and 58. Probably underrated. I would say underrated for sure. What would you give it? I'll give it a 70. I want to give it a zero. I understand. <laughs> Recognizing what it is. Yes. I think it deserves at least a 70. I would give it a 75. I think it's probably because I don't have that baggage. I don't think it's quite like 80 caliber movie, mm-hmm. especially with some of the other stuff we gave 80s to. Uh, but it is a classic, and we absolutely recognize that. Yes. But it's a classic partly because of how fucking nuts it is. It's so scary. I like I get that people think it's stupid. But I mean, they're taking again, they're taking the history of Chucky across several movies <sighs> where he does get absolutely ridiculous and it becomes a comedy. The remake on the other hand kind of gets rid of the middleman and just goes straight to the silliness. Uh but we'll get there in a second. It's a tragic horror. Yes. What do we Tragicomer. 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 Oh, yeah, something like that. (laughs) All right, but Kelsey, before we get to the remake, why don't you give me a trivia question? From Horror Trivia. (laughs) Okay. Well, first, there's one last thing I'd like to say. Okay. I think it's a good movie. I think if it didn't scare me so much. I don't know. I don't know if I think it was dumb or if I would think it was fun. Well, I mean, he has elements of Freddy Krueger. Yes. You know, he just he just doesn't get the inventiveness of the whole dream thing. Mm-hmm. And it starts to... I keep trying to think of this word. Stress credulity or whatever the term is. When they need to keep finding ways for him to come back. After he gets so utterly destroyed in every movie and he just gets worse and worse and more and more beat up and then he gets married and then he has a kid and it's like it becomes schlock horror. This first movie, though, isn't schlocky like at all. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a kind of 
silly premise mm-hmm. that ends up being actually kind of good mm-hmm. and then gets schlocky over time. <laughs> Probably, I would no, definitely more so than Nightmare does. Mm-hmm. But it's that same sort of thing where you have this murderous, 100% villainous character that he's the real reason why you come to watch these things. Like, I would say, I would argue in things like Halloween, Michael Myers isn't the reason you watch Halloween. <laughs> he's just a, he's a cipher. He's a shape. Literally, that's what they call him, the shape. That's all he is. But when you have big, bold personalities like Freddy Krueger and like Chucky, I think in the pantheon of horror villain personalities, Chucky is up there. Which is unfortunate because it means that he gets put on a lot of stuff that I yes. want. <laughs> Him and Leatherface. Yes. All right. Okay. Let's give me a question. What Stephen King movie stars a teenager with a possessed 1958 Plymouth Fury? Christine. That is correct. Show me. <laughs> it's from 1983? 1958. No, that's The Fury. Yeah. I think Christine's from 1983. I oh, it doesn't say. It's a total guess, I seem to remember, because that's my birth year. I seem to remember that I'm the same age as it or something. I don't know. All right, Kelsey. Child's play question. Okay. What was the working title for this film before Child's Play was chosen? Do you remember? Because we did talk about it. My bloody buddy? Close. Bloody buddy? Bloody buddy, yes. Because <laughs> remember, and this does have that element of blood, like he starts bleeding and stuff like that. So that element still retained certain parts in the final movie, but it was obviously a bigger part of the driving force. So when little Andy does a blood pact with a real doll, Sort of, you know, where it has real blood in the skin or whatever, where that was too ridiculous a premise. A serial killer puts his soul into a doll using voodoo. (laughs) That's what they went with. (laughs) Suitably ridiculous, though. It's kind of awesome in that way. (laughs) All right, Kelsey, moving on to our next film in this double feature. The Late Night Double Feature. 2019's Child's Play, based on characters by Don Mancini, but screenplay by Tyler Burton Smith, directed by Lars Klevberg, starring Mark Hamill, Aubrey Plaza, Tim Matheson, Brian Tyree Henry, and Gabriel Bateman. Interestingly, Mark Hamill actually already did Chucky in Robot Chicken. Funny. Gotta lay low for a while. Uh, this looks like a good spot. Once I get my body back and reverse the gypsy cursor, whatever the hell my origin is, I won't be hanging out in any lettuce patches. <laughs> Tom Holland, who directed the original, was quoted as saying casting Mark Hamill was a, quote, smart move. Mm-hmm. He's probably the only one who had anything positive at all to say about the fact that they were remaking it. Everyone involved, especially Don Mancini, were like, I don't even want to think about it like they just hate the idea of what they did to this and i think there's another movie coming out this year or it's already come out called charles which isn't even done by don mancini that's another 
Chucky movie, which is weird. I don't I don't know the story around that, but when I was looking it up, I was like Charles, and there's very limited information. But it's dated as 2019, and it says it's a Chucky movie. Who knows if it's ever going to actually come to fruition? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the music was done by Bear McCreary. He did the music from last week. When we watched Happy Death Day to You, <laughs> he did the original and the sequel. He did Outlander, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Walking Dead, the new Godzilla movie, the God of War game, the new one, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Step Up 3D, basically everything from the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> and one more creepy doll movie. Annabelle? The Boy. Ah. So Bear McCreary, we've been seeing his name a lot. What would you say this new child's play is about? This time it is a microchip doll, so a computer-based doll. Yeah, it's like a smart device. It's a smart doll. Yeah, think of Alexa if if she could talk <laughs> and walk and be sentient. <laughs> And for some reason, in the form of a doll. And this time, all of its safety precautions are turned off. And it's still programmed to love its person, much like an AI. Mm -hmm. But because he doesn't have any safety precautions, well, then he'll do anything to be with his favorite best friend. Right. Yeah. Which is a fantastic premise. Beyond the fact that, yes, your smart home is operated by a doll, and they try to tell you that adults are using this. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, I don't know why they didn't just make it like the Teddy doll from AI. Right, and they they do that. They kind of tease that. Yeah, and it's like, why not just do that and... Yes, it can still control things like a kid would want, like music and well, stuff. Well, this is why this is why they're saying it would have been better if it just wasn't a Chucky movie. Well, that I once you get past once you get past the awful premise, you guys are going to hate us, but I actually think it's, it's kind, a pretty good yeah, it's, movie. It's kind of it's really fun. It's actually really good. We really enjoyed it. But like I don't think you could get away with making a movie I mean, aside from the fact that it's not a serial killer inside of it, people would be like, well, this is just a ripoff of Chucky. So I think they were kind of damned if they did and damned if they didn't. And since it's been so long since we got a new fresh take on Chucky, fuck it. Let's see this one, right? Should our audience see it, though? It's only available to buy as of this recording. It's not available to rent till the end of the month on September 24th. But if you want to buy it, it's on iTunes for $15. And I think everywhere else it's like 20. I would say yes. Yeah. If you just go into it with low expectations. Yes. Which we did. And just get over the hump of how stupid the premise is. And accept the fact that this is it's sillier than the original Child's Play. But in a good way. And it's not as silly as the sequels to Child's Play. It has actual good humor in it. Right. And there's scenes where, like, you know, <laughs> guy gets stabbed in the neck. And then there's just lots and lots of blood getting sprayed on this little girl's face <laughs> as she screams. Like, it's that kind of stuff, <sighs> you know? I'd say, but honestly, it's, if, it's I, if there was, like, only one part of it that I... Aside from the really dumb premise shit, 
I think Aubrey Plaza might have been a bad choice. Yeah, we can get into that, though. You can take our advice or leave it, but when we get back, we will talk about 2019's Child's Play. At Caslon, happiness is about more than entertainment. It's about being known, understood, loved. Introducing your new best friend. Are we having fun now? The best friend. Something's wrong with Chucky. Best friend. Andy, if you know something, you better tell me. Best best friend. Sweetie, Chucky is a toy. Child's play. Rated R. Kelsey, before we get started, I just want to point out that it has been a long time in between recordings. And we actually just went on a trip to Texas for a friend's wedding. And... We have been spending the entire day traveling back home, and it was a hell of a journey. (laughs) So we're probably a little bit exhausted, but we will try to keep the energy up for you. (laughs) But first, the whole entire movie starts with the Orion Production Company promo at the very beginning. And part of me, (laughs) part of me absolutely loves that. I feel that way. Right? But the rest of me hates it. Why? So it's a little bit hacky because they're playing on the nostalgia of their Orion name. Yeah. But the first one wasn't made by Orion. Oh, really? Yeah. That's weird. Who made it? United Artists. Now, they're both MGM companies. And MGM just recreated the Orion brand. So kind of... It's, they're both MGM companies, so it's kind of there, but they're counting on you just not knowing or caring enough, just seeing (laughs) the production logo and going, my childhood, and that's very true. (laughs) It's very, very true. It makes my nostalgia bone tingle. So, how does 2019's Child's Play begin, Kelsey? With a commercial for the toy. Yeah. Made by the Caslin Company, which every time I heard that, I was just like, Aslan. Aslan. But it's Caslan. You mean the lion from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Yes, I do. And I do not mean the god-awful movie they made in the 2000s. I mean, like, the cartoon. (laughs) Oh, Aslan. You're not dead? You're alive. You're alive. Yes. It is I. You're real. You're real. Oh, Aslan. My first note here, aside from the Orion promo, is really his finger glows. Yeah, that was a weird touch. Like, I was like, are you playing Just on- so you know he's interacting with things, I right, guess. Right, but it, it felt very E.T. Uh-huh. And like it, a very obvious reference to E.T. But it just didn't make much sense. As a reference to E.T. Yes. <laughs> but there's a lot of things in this movie that don't make sense, so... Right. I mean, we talked before the break, I seem to remember, about how weird it is that they make their smart home devices. Like, you know, we have a, an Amazon Echo. We have a couple of them in our house. And so we give it commands to add things to our shopping list or convert measurements for us or whatever. And we have, like, one light in the house that isn't even plugged in anymore, but that we could... <laughs> do a voice command and it would turn on and off, which is really nice. Why that interface would be in the form of a child's doll doesn't make a lot of sense. Lights on. But that's the premise you're just going to have to get past in this movie. The movie's really not about 
that. It does because it interfaces with things. It, it allows does, him to do things right. that he wouldn't ordinarily be able to do. Right. But they're not asking you to buy into the fact that people use the buddy doll to interface with their smart home devices. It's not really a core premise element, but they need it there in order to get to the rest of the stuff. It's just a contrivance that you're just going to have to get over. Yes, exactly. And it's a bad one, in it my is. opinion. It is. It's pretty bad. It's, it, I just think that if they had spent a little bit more time, they could have found another way of doing it. But, right. oh well. And it is a self-learning doll. Yes. So it'll pick things up that you teach it. It's a terrifying doll. It's a hideous doll. I don't know why anyone would want that. Right. And the packaging is obviously a throwback to the original Chucky doll. Yes. Like, at this point, why wouldn't it just be a regular robot? Right. Like all those sort of... Like AI. Yeah. Like uh, Bicentennial Man. Or any of those Japanese robots that they take to trade shows and stuff like that that look like robots you know yes. they have blank screen faces or whatever and they're all white and very obviously robotic but in a friendly approachable way like why <laughs> wouldn't it be something like that yeah i, I think... almost think that that might be scarier sort of in an irobot way you know where well i think that as we approach the age of having robots i'd think that we should stay away from making them look like humans because that it, it blurs lines, and yeah. I don't think that we should be blurring those lines. Here is why you, you should be very, very ready to get over this premise. And I'm going to explain it in one sentence. A serial killer transfers his soul into a doll using voodoo and needs to kill the child he first revealed himself to in order to become a human again. That is the premise of the original Child's Play. You can just fucking eat the fact that people interface with a doll to interact with their smart home. <laughs> you can just deal with it. So it's called a My Buddy, and the Buddy doll is supposed to just absolutely love you. And I told Chris this story, and I did not look it up, so I don't have, like, the exact article or anything to reference. But I did once read a story about a, a, a robot that they made in Japan that they tried to teach love to. And what it ended up doing was it, obviously we can't recreate love like it's such a stupid concept but what they had recreated in fact was obsession and so the doll ended up or the the robot ended up locking it up like so that it couldn't get away from the, the robot right because all it wanted was to be near the person because that's what it had been programmed to want and and that's something we had a kind of a short conversation about when you brought up that story about how love isn't obsession. Those are two different things, although obsession may be an element of love. Yes. You need to also give weight to the wants and needs of the person that you're obsessed with. Yes. You know? And so if the person – you need to be able to pick up on social cues that the person likes or doesn't like something and try to provide that to them. You know, like that's – more love than just like, I want to be around this person all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, but if the person wants to go home, they're not going to like that you locked them in a room so you could be with them longer. Mm -hmm. That's not love. Yeah. That's obsession, like you said. Yes. Anyway, so the doll is 
programmed to love you and do whatever you want them to do. Mm -hmm. This buddy doll. Well, then we get to see inside the factory. And commentary. <laughs> social commentary. Yes. On the sort of factories that build the things we use every single day. <laughs> it's a big, big side eye to Apple, basically, and the yes. iPhone. Yes. And it's a sweatshop and the owner yells at this man calling him worthless and basically fires him but he makes him finish the last doll like why you fire people on a friday people end of the day friday when they just want to go home <laughs> so they do not put up a fight you do not fire them and then have them do more work you fire them and then have security present so they can escort them out like, have you never fired anybody in your entire life or been privy to somebody being fired? But so, like, but the, the guy's response is insane. So he, he takes this final doll and turns all of its uh, safety protocol off, which... Yeah, so he can get that company in trouble. But it's just insane. Yeah. Like... Well, he Because doesn't... this one dude yelled at you, you're going to unleash... No, but he's already kind of, kind of at his edge and then... He gets fired, and so he snaps to the point where he ends up jumping off the building. It's a real dumb premise. But anyway, cut That's to what gets everything started. Aubrey Plaza, which I think was miscast. Yeah. She's got, she. I mean, what was she, 13 when she had this kid? 16. She okay, says yeah. that. I had, I had a lot of fun on my 16th birthday party. Uh -huh. So Aubrey Plaza... I think she was miscast because she's got that whole persona, and I know it can be funny, but she's also trying to also be a little bit upbeat and also a little bit selfish, and I don't know that her depressing persona fit that. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, you look at her and you see Scott Pilgrim versus the world, <laughs> and you see Parks and Recreation. Yes. And those two things together kind of pigeonholed her in this sardonic persona yes she's not allowed to do anything else i will grant you that she has been miscast several times like over and over and over again like what's the one with robert de niro and what's his face from high school musical bad grandpa oh jesus is yeah. it bad grandpa or is the other one bad? Is bad grandpa the one with the dude from Jackass? That's I can't Jackass. Remember. Yeah, this but is the one where where they need dates or something. No, that's a different one that she was also miscast <laughs> in. When she's supposed to be like the sexy naughty one, like don't get me wrong, Aubrey Plaza is hot. I think she's very attractive, but that's not the type of role she should be cast in. She is like super smart, and she needs more strong comedic roles. But you can't just say everything she needs to do is sardonic. No, I'm saying that she needs to shed that. Yeah. You need to. Okay. I need to see a new persona is what yeah. I'm saying. All right. Anyway, so this guy shows up. Typical fucking customer complaints. Fucking hate customers. Yeah. My kid wanted the blonde one. Well, then why did you buy the redhead one? Well, I didn't know that it would be redheaded. Well, I'm sorry you didn't read the box or look through the box that you can see through. Uh -huh. And it is. It's absolutely ridiculous, but this is the kind of shit that you get yeah, in retail. Uh -huh. 
for sure. Right. I can remember, it's not exactly a retail story, but I remember one time I was working at a game and this couple did this thing and I was like, oh, well, once you've won, they'd won. I was like, once you've won, you, you can't get any more prizes. Uh-huh. And they were like, what the fuck? We paid for two. We won on the first. That's not fair. I was like, I'm sorry, that's policy. And they're like, well, that should be written somewhere. Well, you shouldn't have to. Oh, it is. You point to it. <laughs> I point to the sign sitting right next to me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, it says it right there. And they just look at me like, really? I'm like, yeah, fucking really. <laughs> I gave it to them because I wanted them to leave me alone. Uh-huh. But like, yeah. No, I feel you. Like part of the con, I guess you could say, in this sense is you spend more money to get more chances cheaper per chance. Mm -hmm. But the risk you're taking is if you win on the first one, (laughs) then you just gave more money than you needed to give. Yes. Like that's the risk. (laughs) But uh, anyway, companies and games like that are trying to con you out of money. So I don't really feel bad for them. I feel bad for you (laughs) as the operator. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so she goes home to her son, who's like, I don't know, 12, 11? He's older than that. He's like 13, I think. Okay. That would make her 29. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. She's mad because her kid, they've just moved in, and her kid is not unpacking anything. He didn't even feed the cat. Blah, blah, blah. And he wants something for his birthday that's coming up, but she's like, I can't afford that because I need to get you a new hearing aid. Yes. He is hearing impaired, which doesn't have a huge effect on the plot, except for later it makes it really easy for Chucky to talk to him and only him. Yes. They don't ever really introduce it it's a caslin brand hearing right. aid the interface it's a smart hearing aid or whatever but my dad has one of those mm-hmm. my dad's been hearing impaired his entire life and it was kind of a remarkable thing the first time he got a hearing aid that interfaced with his phone mm-hmm. you know it was a bluetooth hearing aid that was a huge deal for him mm-hmm. so anyway phones were always really hard for him So she's angry with him for not doing any of that stuff, and so she takes his phone away, and she says, I'm holding on to this for the rest of the night. And he flips out like all kids do, Uh, like when you take their phone away from them. Says the the teacher. Yeah, it is the biggest deal in the fucking world. And she's like, why don't you at least go out and try and make friends, which seems odd because it's, it's late at night. In Chicago. Yeah. She's like, go outside and meet people. And he's like, they could be serial killers, which is true. Right. Um, but okay. <laughs> so they make a deal, right? She gives him the phone back if he goes out. If he'll go out. So this is a really fucking dumb deal. Because she, she's like, okay, look, I won't make you unpack. I'll even give you your phone back if you at least go outside and try to meet people. But here's the thing. If you send him outside with his phone, what yeah. makes you think he's actually going to go and talk to anybody? Right. Which is exactly what he goes and does. Uh-huh. Fucking stupid. <laughs> okay. So, back at her work, there is a woman who returns a My Buddy doll. And Just she- Buddy. <laughs> buddy with a final eye. And she says, it's really weird, its eyes are red, and it's all fucked up. And I, I want to return this and I want to get the new one. Yeah. And she says, okay. So then when she goes to give it to the truck at the end of the night, she says, hey, I don't think they'll care if like this doesn't go back because all they're going to do is throw it in the trash, right? And he's like, maybe they won't, but I will. And then she's like, what about your wife? Because I know you cheated on her. And so he's like, okay, fine, take it. Did 
Did you ever work retail where you had to dispose of items? Where they would have you not send things back, they would have you dispose of them? No. So, so I did. And we would also, it's called penny out items. Items would be, would change price to a penny. And that means you take them off the floor and you don't sell them. And then you destroy them. Like you literally physically break them. For books and stuff, you'd, you'd rip the front cover off of it, for instance. That's why they say, oh, if the cover, like on the first couple pages, if the cover has been removed, this has been destroyed by the product, whatever. Anyway, you absolutely steal shit from that. At 100%. Somebody returns something as defective and you don't sell that thing anymore, but you're still required to take it back. And they're like, well, just destroy it. You're like, eh, take it home. <laughs> <laughs> But that is considered theft for yes. some insane reason. It is. Same thing with food. That's that that's insane, too. It's like, throw that away because it's gone expired. Well, if you don't care, why can't well, see, I eat it? Because there's, there's legal reasons for all this shit. And while it might seem like bullshit from a, from a universal perspective, the first time they get sued because somebody eats their expired food, then they're out millions of dollars. Like, there's a reason why... They just have a blanket policy of just get rid of it or send it back or whatever, you know, so they can refurbish it. But they never refurbish this one. She ends up convincing the dude in the truck to let her take it because she blackmails him <laughs> <laughs> because he slept with somebody that works at the company and he's married. Aubrey Plaza has this weird boyfriend that they don't really ever explain. Shane. Yeah. Who's like... What, 15 years older than her? Yeah, like, I don't, they don't explain how they met or, and she just moved here, but, yeah. like, they're in a relationship and, yeah, like, it's I don't, very weird. I don't get it. Anyway, the kid comes home and they're, like, making out and he's, like, really grossed out by his mother's behavior. And it's like, I get that she's supposed to be young. Uh huh. But you think she'd be a little bit smarter than that. Right. Anyway. So he goes out into the hallway and is hanging out, and the cop visits his mother next door. So he stops to talk to the kid. The cop is Detective Mike Norris, played by Brian Tyree Henry. You might know Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta. It's probably the biggest place where you know him from. Which one was he in Atlanta? He's the rapper. Uh, yeah. He's uh, Donald Glover's cousin. Not in real life, in the show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Aubrey Plaza comes out, and she's like, what the fuck are you talking to my kid for? And he's really nice, and they end uh -huh. up hitting it off. And when he, when the kid comes inside, she's like, here is an early birthday present, because I know you're mad at me right now. Uh-huh. And it's the buddy doll. Now, here's the thing. Remember back when we first met the kid? He was watching a video of the buddy doll, which uh -huh. is why she thought he wanted it. Uh -huh. Then when he opens it up, he says, oh, those are for kids. Well, okay, this is this is a thing. Parents, I'm sure, know this, that you get something that's really popular and hot and you give it to your kid and they're like, oh, that's so old now. <laughs> you know, like, you were just talking about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, it's just something happened at school where somebody said, oh, that's a little th kid thing. And then that day you get it for your, for your son or daughter and they're like, what are you, stupid? This is for kids, mom. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, they get angry at you for some reason. <laughs> but he, you know, he's like, fine, I'll try it. And he opens it up and he gets it because he figures it'll just be some stupid thing he can fuck with. And he tries to give it a name. Do you remember what name he tries to give it? Han Solo. Which is funny because. 
because this the voice is by Mark Hamill, yes. who plays Luke Skywalker. Well, it also so when it wakes up, it asks him for his name, and he says, "Andy, sup." Yeah. Hello, Andy Sup. So he calls him Andy Sup for like the rest of the movie. It's really cute. It's, it is really cute. <laughs> it's not just a one note bit, like it keeps coming back. What's your name? Andy Sup. Hi, Andy Sup. <sighs> uh, but it's really odd because he says, How about Han Solo? And he goes, Did you say Chucky? I like Chucky. It's just because he was Chucky in the first movie. Yeah. They do not give a good reason why he would be Chucky in this one. Yeah. Just have the kid name him Chucky. Yeah. I get that it was a, it did make me laugh. I'll admit uh-huh. it. It made me laugh, but I was also like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> we should also say that these, uh, we didn't say when we talked about the blonde one, right, is the different colored hair styles are coming with the Buddy 2 doll, which yes. isn't out yet, and it's going to be releasing soon. Yes. Uh, so this might be seen as an old version yes. of the doll as mm-hmm. well. Buddy 2 comes with accessories, not only just hairstyles. <laughs> comes with accessories, including a, a leprechaun bear. outfit. Oh. <laughs> so when it comes out, he's like... You're my b- 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 best b- 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 buddy. And like its eyes are flashing red. And uh-huh. like at first. She tells him it's a refurbished one. So it might have some defects. Yeah. At first he's like, fuck, this sucks. And then she's like, okay, I'll just get rid of it. You know, obviously it's way more messed up than I thought. And he's like, no, it's okay. Because he wants to please his mom. Yeah. He says, it's, I like it. I'll keep it. So he brings the doll into his room. And something comes up about her boyfriend. And he goes, yeah, he's a total dick. And Buddy goes, total dick. And Got that's it. yeah. <laughs> that's Mickey Rooney. He's a total dick, so just don't touch him. Total dick. Whoa. You're allowed to say that? Cool. That's the first time that like the kid's like, what? Aren't, aren't you not allowed to say that? <laughs> but he thought it was cool, uh-huh. so he goes with it. He's also picking up on a few things at this point. He knows that Andy doesn't like the cat and that Andy doesn't like Shane, his mom's boyfriend. And there's a really sweet moment where the kid is showing him his drawings or something, something he's made, and he's like, I guess it's pretty stupid. And Chucky goes... I do not think it is stupid. <laughs> yeah. I do fake buddy cop team up sometimes. Like Dracula and Robin Hood. Or this one's Zorro and Medusa. Kind of a deep cut. I don't know. It's stupid. I do not think it's stupid. Thanks. Pity compliments from a talking doll. It's my life. It's really cute. It is. And there's, like, this whole montage of him, like, bonding with this buddy. So the kid wakes up one night, and Chucky's just standing there staring at him. (laughs) And he's, like, he freaks out, and he's, like, what are you doing? And he's just, like, I am just watching you. And he's just, like... Close your eyes. Pretend not to be creepy. And then Chucky says, you're my best friend. And he says, quiet, Chucky. And he whispers, you're my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really creepy. Well, it's like. But it's also cute. (laughs) And also very funny. Remember, 
there are several movies that do this, but it makes me think of Big Hero 6. <laughs> but just imagine if that relationship was horrifying. <laughs> like, what if that relationship turned bad? You know, I, th- I think that's pretty interesting. At one point, the cat, he's trying to pick him up and the cat scratches him. So... Kitty hurt Andy? Yes. And so when Andy's, like, getting a Band-Aid or something, he comes back and Chucky's strangling the cat. He lets... He makes him let him go. And he tells him, you can't do that. You can't hurt people. You can't hurt animals. Because you've really got to keep it a secret that you're weird or they'll take you away. Yeah. But... For some reason, Chucky doesn't learn that. Yes, that is kind of weird. It only really happens once that you can't do that. Yeah, and that bothers me because, like, I get that he doesn't have safety there's, protocols. There's no reason why he doesn't learn that one. But he's also, yeah, he's, yeah he uh-huh. learns all this shit. And I guess it's supposed to be he's kind of broken. Like, at one point, <laughs> he's in the in the commercial... The doll brings books. You forgot your science book. Yeah. Um, so they show that Chucky has brought him like this whole pile of shit. And he's like, you forgot your science book. And he's like, Chucky, none of these are books. <laughs> so like, I guess they were showing us there that he's broken and that he can't learn everything. Right. Yeah. So he meets his new friends. So he's outside sitting on the steps and he's sitting with Chucky and... Phelan and Pug comes by. Ugly names. Yes. Pug, I assume, is a nickname, but Phelan is probably her birth name. And Sorry if those are your names. Why would you name your kid Phelan? <laughs> it does sound you like You might Phelan. as well name your kid fucking up. <laughs> Phelan. <laughs> anyway, they're just kind of going by to hang out with the other kids that he saw playing earlier out in the parking lot. And I think Pug has his dog or something like that. But Chucky says something and he cusses. And Pug's like, he's not allowed to cuss. He's not supposed to be able to do that. Mm. And he notices right away that there's something wrong with him. Ah, it's fucking loud. It's fucking loud. That thing just swore. It's not supposed to be able to do that. Uh, Yeah. And so Andy admits that, yeah, he kind of. I don't know what's wrong with him, but he can, like, do stuff that he's not supposed to be able to do. And Pug's like, ho, 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 And he finds out that Andy really doesn't like... The boyfriend. The boyfriend, Shane. And so they're like, okay. <laughs> and so they go inside, and Aubrey Plaza meets these kids for the first time also. But she's so happy that he has yeah, friends uh-huh. that she doesn't care. So what they do is they try to teach him to be creepy. They're watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and he learns some stuff from that as well. But he also learns how to make his fucking faces, which is oh, what scares the shit out of that's me. That's a really cute scene, though, when he's trying to make the scary faces. I do not think that is a cute <laughs> scene. No. But they sick him on Shane. And and he just pops up and makes creepy faces sometimes, <laughs> that's but that's it. it. He's just supposed to be scaring him. It's yes. jump scares, but they programmed him and to do jump scares. And it's terrifying. Yeah. Like, he's standing there, and Shane's like, what the fuck? And he opens the fridge to get a beer, and when he closes the fridge, he's not there anymore. And then he looks to his left, and Chucky's there, and he's like, bah! <laughs> just scared Lavinia. <laughs> scared, he scared me in the movie, too, yeah. even though I knew it was coming. So then... They meet this other kid, Omar, and he 
He's the one who teaches Chucky how to stab. Right, because they're outside. They're hanging out in the parking lot during the day. And he's like, no, like this. This is for Tupac. This and is he's for <laughs> So good. Now say this is for Tupac. Do you want to sing the buddy song? No. Say this is for Tupac and stab the asshole. Come on. But I want You to. want this to go viral. But Chucky doesn't want to do that. He wants to sing my buddy. Uh-huh. You are my buddy. You're my best friend. Something like that. Yeah. And Brian Tyree Henry comes up at this point and... Narc alert. Yeah, narc alert. And he looks at the kids and he's like, fucking millennials. <laughs> they are Gen Z. They are not millennials. <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry, he's a year and a half older than I am. He's a millennial. <laughs> he's an older millennial, but he's a millennial. <laughs> so, they are watching... Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the and the doll has been programmed now to stab and to look scary and now he watches his best friend watching this movie and everyone thinks it's so it's funny. It's so awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he yells there are two things that are yelled here that will come up again just like this is for Tupac will come up again. Time for incoming mail and shut up bitch. Really? I don't remember those at all. Chucky will say shut up, bitch, a lot. Okay. And so he learns that violence is funny, but when he comes out with, oh, and heads up, bitch. Is it heads up, bitch? Heads up, bitch. And not not shut up, bitch? I don't know. But Chucky comes in with a knife in his hand. Uh Uh-huh. And they all freak out. And he's like, I thought this would make this was you funny, happy. Right? Yeah, this is good. This is good. And it's like the kid kind of gets it, but he's also like, this is really scary. Yeah. Also, you could read into it that this is a unintentional or, or not. This is a condemnation of like violent media and children. Yes. You know, but they don't really go into that no. at all. And so he ends up leaving Chucky at home and says, I'm just going to go out with the guys, whatever the names are. Phelan and Pug yes. and Omar, yeah. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm going out with Phelan and Pug. And so Chucky gets mad. And so he goes up to Shane And he says, he starts repeating, Shane is such an asshole. Shane is such an asshole. Yeah. So because of that, he flips out at Aubrey Plaza. Like, you know, your kid is an ass. Like, your kid's doing this shit. But this is, this is, so there is an order of events here that I think is pretty important. While Andy's gone, Chucky kills Rooney, stabs him to death. And Andy hates the cat. But knows you're not supposed to do this, and he is cries. really worried, right? And he and he and he's he's really upset. And Chucky gets sad too, which is also anytime Chucky is sad in this is like kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, because you can't blame him. So it's very different from the original in that in the original he's just evil. He's trying to hurt people and things. But yeah. in this one, it's just a doll that can't help its programming. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a little bit more sympathetic. Very. Yeah. At least until way later when he, he goes does off the end end. up becoming vindictive, but again, that's his programming. Right. You can't blame him for that. But before anything like can can happen, this is when he does the recording to Shane and Shane 
breaks into Andy's room and like throws him down on the bed and is like, well, are you a man? You want to try something? You say it to my face. Like he gets all like, he's a 13 year old kid. Well, that comes later than this, but yes, that does happen. And Aubrey Plaza, like barely does anything. Yeah. That's the thing is she doesn't do anything. She's upset that Shane's leaving. And I don't think she realizes the magnitude of what Shane actually did. Well, she does say to him, like, he's my kid and I will handle yes, him how I want to. When it comes to discipline, yeah. But I don't think she knows that he grabbed him and threw him and and threatened him. Like, I'm going to beat your ass if you want to say that to my face kind of thing. Like, this is obviously a man with really low confidence. <laughs> and he tries to take it out on little kids. Yes. But in any ca- In any case... Andy is very, very upset while Shane and Karen, I want to say she's still Karen in this one, are arguing about it. And Chucky gets it into his head that Shane has hurt Andy and Andy is really upset. And Andy says he wishes that Shane was just gone. And so when Shane leaves, he hears a thump in his truck and he doesn't check it out. Yeah, that was a little unbelievable as well. And he goes home. To his other family. His wife and daughters. Yes, he has like twin daughters and his watermelon patch in his front yard, which doesn't make any sense at the very least because you don't grow watermelons in the cold months. You grow them in the hot months. They have a season and it's not December. (laughs) Doesn't this take place around Christmas time? Yes. Yeah. So... It doesn't matter. It's just a thing that they're doing. It's just, it must be just after Christmas because he's taking his Christmas lights down. Yeah. He goes outside to take his Christmas lights down. They're still on, but he mentions that. He's like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. You think I would have turned the lights off before I took them down? It's like, okay, well, at least you hung a lantern on that one. Yes. You know? But then it doesn't make sense later when When they they stay on. Yeah. Yeah, uh huh. But basically, Chucky pushes him off the ladder and ties him up. In all of the the Christmas lights and then runs. Every movie that has Christmas lights wants to do it. (laughs) And then runs a rototiller over him. Yes. When they find the body, Brian Tyree Henry being a cop is is brought into this case. He's a detective and and he's been brought onto this case. They find just a skull. They find the body, but it just has a skull. (laughs) When Andy wakes up in the morning, he sees a watermelon on his dresser with Shane's face on it, which is, so this combination of scenes, it's like, oh, this is the kind of movie this is going to be. Yes, but okay. At this point, Chucky has done a couple of vindictive things. Like he played the cat dying over and over again. Yeah. And like weird shit like that. Uh Uh-huh. But this doesn't make sense because he comes out and he's like, he's gone. Now we can play, right? Why would that mean you'd put the face in the room? Right. Well, because he's just supposed to be a little weird and a little broken. And there's also the question is, why does the face have teeth? I need to go back and look. Like, does the skull have teeth? Did he remove the teeth and then, like, attach them individually? Because the face has teeth. It also has the eyes in it and they're kind of drooping a little bit. Like, how did he get the eyes to stay? Yeah, and it just doesn't, I guess maybe because they were watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, maybe he saw And removing the, the face, face. The, the leather leather face. So yeah, I, I assume that's where it came, that, that's where that it That would make from. sense. Yeah. 
it's a silly kind of horror, and the silliness is kind of fun. It doesn't mean it's not dumb sometimes. It is dumb sometimes, but it's a silly horror movie. And so it just it just asks you to have fun with it. And that's a lot of its problem is because people were very resistant to having fun with this movie when it came out because it was sacrilegious. I do love when he tells his friends the girls' responses. We saw the signs and we did nothing. We saw the signs and we did nothing. Yes. We saw the signs and we did nothing. This is all a fault. We, we saw the signs. Stop saying that. And so they need to hide it and they decide they're going to wrap it up in wrapping paper. This whole, this whole bit. Oh, this it's, bit. It's a whole thing. This bit is bad. It's it, It's absurd. Meanwhile, at some point during this, he throws Chucky down the garbage chute. He takes out his power core and he throws him down the garbage chute because now he's killed a person. Yeah, you're obviously more broken than I thought. It's not just killing a cat. You've killed a person now as much as I hated Shane. But now they got to deal with the face. And so to get it out of there, they wrap it up. And then his mom sees him and he's like, oh, it's a present for the lady down the hall. Brian Tyree Henry's mom who, by the way, I figured this is worth mentioning. Her The character's name is Doreen, but the actress's name is Carlise Burke. Okay. But Carlise is spelled C-A-R-L-E-A-S-E. Like Carlise. <laughs> kind of fucked up parents name their kid Carlise. <laughs> you going to name your kid No Down Payment? Like. Maybe. Uh-huh. They met. Because he gave her her Carly's. Maybe. Then you'd name it, you spell it like C-A-R-L-I-S-E or something like that. <laughs> anyway, she's a lovely older woman and the mom's like, oh, great, let's take her to her right now. I'll go with you. Because she kind of doesn't believe him. And they go to the door and Andy needs to do this whole like, it's for all the times you helped me with my homework. Now, here's the thing about this. Number one. Why didn't he just tell his mom it's trash and I'm throwing it out? Yeah. Well, because no. they needed this weird heist element That's to it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that it's completely, it's completely ridiculous. Like, and remember when, when Happy Death Day to You turned into a heist movie? And it's like, why is this a heist movie now? <laughs> yes. But so then they go there and the woman realizes, uh-huh, yeah, for homework. Because she knows she's never helped him with homework. Yeah. So she knows she's helping him with a lie. But she never asks him about it. And yet she still thinks that it's an actual present for her? Yeah. That's what? It's a, a very good point. That That is a like, very good point. Remember when I lost it at this moment uh -huh. and I was like, I can't handle this, this movie. This is a key element of Kelsey's enjoyment of this movie is that it was like a roller coaster ride for her. And it's you were saying to me, you want to say it? It lost me a good four times. And it's a testament to how funny and somehow sympathetic this movie is that I it kept bringing me back. Right. That even though there were to there were multiple times where you're like, nope, I'm done. This movie sucks. <laughs> it still managed to get you back on. Yes. I'm, I'm telling you guys, it's really not a bad movie. It's not. So in, in any case, she takes it, but he says, don't open it yet because my birthday's coming up. We can open our presents together. Because he just needs her to not open it. and But he shouldn't have to do that because she should have realized this isn't actually a present for me and he's yeah. going to need this back. Uh-huh. I just helped him with a lie. Why am I so dumb? Right. Uh, we did not mention, though, before he takes out his battery, 
When Chucky realizes what they're going to do, he grabs a knife and goes after his friend. They end up clamping him down, but before he takes out his battery, what does Chucky do? He sings the buddy song. Which really pissed Chris off. Yeah, I was like... I thought it was sweet. (laughs) Because Andy hesitates when he hears the buddy song, and I'm like, Andy's never had a connection to the buddy song. (laughs) But they get you back at the end. (laughs) So it does make Andy stop. And he then hesitates Chucky for a little bit, yeah. Almost goes after the kid again. Yes. And he grabs his battery out. Yes. But yes, yeah, so that, that will become important later. Thank you for bringing that up. So now, here's the situation of things. Shane is dead. Brian Tyree Henry is on the case. Shane's face is on a watermelon wrapped in birthday paper. Rotting on the shelf. in this woman's And Brian apartment. Tyree Henry's mom's apartment it just happens to work out that way. Mm-hmm. Chucky has had his battery taken out and thrown down the garbage chute. So what happens to Chucky? Well, their creepy superintendent. Super, who they've shown like once, once the entire movie. And they did show him fixing the cameras, but it was like security cameras. Right. And there that's all no we saw. Indi- like, just, the girl- just cut away once, once to him watching footage of people in their homes and to I would establish have, that. To establish it, yes. I would have been fine. But we find out this way that he's actually spying on everybody. And they don't even comment on it. Yeah. He's like a Kazlan nut and has every single thing in the world Kazlan. Yeah. And he's able to bring Chucky back to life. By getting another power supply and putting it back in him. Yeah, needless to say, the movie didn't get me back in this scene. Yeah, and so so while Chucky's there on the table... He sees the kid, Andy, playing with... I mean, playing, uh, having dinner with the woman down the the hall. Doreen. Yes. Yes. But that's not what the super's looking at. The super is looking at Aubrey Aubrey Plaza Plaza getting into the shower, and he starts masturbating. You imagine... Because you just see him convulsing. And there's this long, protracted scene of Chucky killing the super. Yes. It's just a fun murder scene, but his he turns on his And the thing is, saw. is that so far, Chucky's only killed assholes. Yeah. Like, people that you're like, eh, he kind of Which is why it. the one <laughs> after this is like, whoa. Uh, that's, yeah. the, that's where there's really a turn. But in any case, there's this moment where, like, dude's holding onto the pipe, and then he turns the temperature up. On the water, I guess. And so the pipe gets really hot. And the dude's having struggling to hold on. And then his foot grazes against the table saw. And, oh, God. But here's the thing. Why didn't he just swing at the very yeah. beginning and f- jump? Well, it's again, this is, this is not a serious horror movie. Right. It's a silly horror movie, just like tons of other silly horror movies that exist. It's just I think people don't realize that. They expect it to be like a a Blumhouse horror movie, and it's not. But he ends up finally letting go because his hands are burnt and falling ass first on the table saw, and it chews up his genitals and his leg and his ass. Mm-hmm. And so this dude dies. Yes. And that's meanwhile, how Chucky gets back out. Meanwhile, Andy has gotten the face and he's gone. So Chucky decides that nobody takes my best friend and he goes after Doreen. the woman down the hall. So one of the things they talk about in their dinner that Chucky saw them having 
is that, oh, get a Kazlan car, which is, I guess, kind of the initial service that Kazlan offered, which is these automated vehicles that you just type in your destination, it shows up, and it takes you to where you want to go. It's a natural understanding of where smart services would go. I will never do it. Totally. I'm not saying it's necessarily realistic. No, I. But it's a but place where people assume. People yeah, have but, them, but they're cars that people own. Yes. And you're supposed to stay alert with your hands on the wheel. <laughs> it's not like a uh, what's the car in Total Recall? <laughs> you know where the taxi driver turns yes. around and talks to him. I can't remember the name of the car. Right here. Thank you for taking Johnny Cab. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the ride. <laughs> it's not like that. Uh, but in this movie, it is. It just shows up and it takes you. And she's like, I'm going to bingo night. And she tells her son. And he's feeling really bad because now he's, like, not of use to his mom anymore. And she's getting her independence back. <laughs> and he's kind of like, aw. <laughs> yeah. But she goes and Chucky interfaces with the Kazlan car. And as she arrives at bingo night and says hi to her friends and they're all impressed, he takes it over. And he terrorizes her in the car. And it's one thing to terrorize her, but no, this ultimately ends in her death. And he says, you don't take my buddy or whatever it is, he says. Nobody steals my friend. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry shows up and sees that his mom has now been killed. Mm -hmm. But as far as he knows, it's an automation glitch. It's something wrong with the the system he already didn't trust. Mm -hmm. So no foul play is suspected at this point. So Andy tries to tell his mom that Chucky is doing this shit. Yeah. And this is when the mother starts to get concerned that maybe her son is a serial killer. Oh, wait. We didn't say that Omar found a buddy doll. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's Andy, Chucky. It is Chucky. <laughs> and he thinks it's Chucky, but there's no confirmation. And so do and the he's friends. Not, and that not, bothered me. But he's kind of not acting like Chucky. Right, but the friends notice little things and they look at him, but then they like. Well, they oh, start it's okay. to it, it is the evidence sort of building up over time. But um, it just seems like, come on, any buddy doll that does certain things, that's the Chucky, because none right. of the other ones but do that. But as far as they know, this guy is destroyed. How would Omar have gotten this doll? And Omar takes it seriously. So so Karen takes Andy to work because he's going nuts. And she's like, you're coming with me to my shift. And she takes Is that after he's destroyed the house? Because Chucky is pretending to be in the house and oh, he's not there. Oh, it is. You're right. There's that moment. You want to talk about that? So another very upsetting moment, very angering moment. Chucky starts using the stuff inside the house to make it seem like he's in different areas in the house. Uh-huh. And Andy starts swinging a bat. Yeah. Breaking destroying shit. everything. It's just very obvious. It's so obvious. Yeah. It's so eye-rollingly obvious. Uh-huh. This is another time where the movie might lose you. Mm-hmm. Just as Karen comes in and is like... They had just gotten into a fight about how he's having emotional problems. He's making stuff up. We might have to take you to get therapy. And then she comes in and he's just destroyed everything with a bat. As far as she's aware, in a moment of rage mm-hmm. at her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't deal with this right now. I literally have to go to work right now because it's the release of the Buddy 2 doll. And I will get fired if I don't go. So you're coming to work with me. Mm-hmm. 
And for some reason, the the cop thinks that he's now to blame. So back to what you said, because this is something we left out about Pug and Phelan kind of not understanding that this is Chucky. Mm-hmm. When Andy and Omar get into a fight. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because Andy knows it's Chucky. Yeah. He finds Omar's phone and he keeps it. Yeah. And he, because that's what she was going to do. She was going to go return Omar's phone. That's why she was gone and he destroyed everything with the bat. Mm. But while he had the phone, he could see what Chucky was seeing. And it's stuff like. Oh, going after Doreen. Well, yeah. But Phelan and Pug saying. I don't know about Andy. Maybe it, we shouldn't maybe be friends he's with him the anymore. Serial killer. Yeah, maybe, maybe it he's wasn't one. the doll. Yeah, exactly. Which is absurd because they saw what he did. Yes, they know what that doll is capable it's of. It's so fucking stupid. So, but that that happens. The reason that Mike Brian Tyree Henry thinks that Andy is involved is that they find Shane's head. When they discover the the super's body. So this is all connected. When they discover the super's body. Oh, they, they find, find the head, the head that was the same wrapping paper. It's in the paper. wrapping paper. And he's like, oh my God, this fucker is killing people. This mm-hmm. little kid is going insane. And he's killing people. So he thinks that Andy is involved. When he comes in to arrest him. He says, get down. And we both, me and Chris, said, gotcha, Krill. Yes. No, he says, get, that's what it is. It's get the fuck down. Get the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, we were both like, gotcha, Krill. <laughs> Something wrong. We can't stand still. <laughs> but so he has handcuffed Andy. But in the meantime, Chucky is turning all the dolls on. So this was the moment that. Like, really, aside from terrorizing Doreen, they could have done that another way. This is the moment that, like, really required him to be an interfacing doll. Yes. And it's a moment that I feel they really didn't capitalize on because it's kind of just this one scene. Well, it's the climax. But but it is the climax. There's a lot of scene here. Mm -hmm. A couple of things. Chucky stabs Karen's boss in the neck. Right as he's putting on the Chucky outfit, very similar to the one we saw in the original Chucky movie with the giant head. Yes. And he's about to come out and do like a presentation oh to all the families who are oh going to get the new Buddy 2 doll. And we saw it coming and yet we still laughed. And he's like dying and he's like stumbling out because he he's can't even He's trying to get the head body. off and yeah. he can't. And he falls right down in front of this little girl who's very excited. He finally gets the head and off. And takes the head off and all the giant gaping stab wound on his neck and all the blood <laughs> is just spread on this little girl's face it was fucking awesome (laughs) it was very funny in all the commotion because now everyone's getting attacked by drones by buddy two dolls which come in different uh formats including a little teddy bear which gets kind of one moment to shine and it's like oh man you could have done more with the killer teddy bear yes uh that would have been awesome but mike saves somebody from a killer drone which by the way those motors are not strong enough to chew through flesh. It's like basically putting your hand in a ceiling fan, but really tiny. So it would not do this to you. But in any case, people are getting hurt and cut up by these drones. And he yes. jumps in front of one to save somebody. And it like chops him up like in his chest. Yes. I wrote down, no way BTH goes out like that, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And, but it it's was really like, simple. It's really quick. And he just tells them to run. <laughs> Fly, you fools. Fly, fools. <laughs> but Chucky's got his mom. Yes. So, so in all the commotion, back. he taped up her mouth, he tied her up, and he hooked her up to one of these cranes in the storeroom. Somehow. Andy finds all of his friends, and they all get saved. They're the ones that Mike says to, to run. And they find a way out, and he lets them out. And he, and he tries to go back, and they're like, no, you can't go back. He's going to kill us all. And he's like, you're right, you're right. Okay, we just need to get out, and we'll go get help. And so everyone gets out, but Andy stays inside, and he says, nope, sorry, guys. And he closes the door. Mm-hmm. And so he finds a <laughs> When we were watching bat. it, I was like, tell them it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs a baseball bat, and there's this awesome moment where he's kind of backlit by these malfunctioning TVs. And it's it's like silhouetted. And there's some really great visual moments in this movie that I think it didn't get credit for. Well, there's also moments where he tries to tell them, look at the TV and see a death. Yes. And uh-huh. then it's gone. And then nobody, yeah, no, Fucking that are duh. very unbelievable. But I'm just saying like like from a cinematography perspective. Mm-hmm. And he's standing there and he, he gets the bat and he like nuts up and he says. All right, Chucky, you want to play? Let's play. All right, Chucky, you want to play? Let's play. Just like in the first one, and I love that. (laughs) And so they are fighting, 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 and then Chucky is almost going to win. Chucky's about to stab him, and Andy starts to sing the buddy song. You are my buddy. Until the end. And Chucky hesitates. Yes. Maybe you're broken too. Maybe I need to open you up, see what we're dealing with. I'm gonna fix you, Andy. You are my body until the end. What, Andy? You wasn't a body. You're my best that was the payoff. And it's so good because remember, they've been building up Chucky as this sympathetic character yes. who's just gone off the deep end because his programming is fucked. Yes. And so like to see that flash of light, you start to – you care. You actually care. They somehow made me care about a doll uh-huh. that has terrified me my entire life. But that gives Andy the opportunity to get free and he – Freeze his mom, and just as they're getting out, Chucky comes lunging out after him with the knife, and he gets shot out of midair. After being lit on fire, yeah. so his face is all fucked up. But he gets shot out of midair by Mike. So yes, Brian Tyree Henry did not go out like that, because of course he didn't. It's like Dick Halloran. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then at the end, we get... Karen and Mike kind of like having a moment while they're on stretchers outside. Mm-hmm. And the movie kind of ends there. Mm-hmm. Lightning round. I'm good. At one point in the mall chaos, which by the way, there were not enough killer dolls in that moment. There should have been way more killer dolls. <laughs> I wanted that place to be fucking overrun. <laughs> and yes, they caused enough terror that everyone ran out, but they would have done that because the manager got stabbed in the neck. <laughs> in any case, There's a moment where a remote control cop car says, dead or alive, you're coming with me, which is from RoboCop, which is also an Orion movie. So I just thought that that was really interesting. For some reason, they have like an office space smashing scene. 
where they beat up a doll. I, I think it was in the mall where the kids like just like an office space where they smash mm-hmm. up the copy machine. Mm-hmm. It's just like that, but with one of the dolls. And it was very weird. It was framed very similarly to that scene in office space. Well, I've always sworn that that scene is is taken from another movie, but I can't remember. I could never remember what it is. Yeah. I've tried looking it up. I've never found it, but I'm like, I know I've seen a movie where that happens. There is a model number for the rototiller that kills Shane, that that scalps him. The model number is the CP-88, as in Child's Play, which came out in 1988. Mm -hmm. And then they play the buddy song, the friendship song, over the end credits. Mm -hmm. And then if you stick around to the end of the end credits, you get to hear Mark Hamill doing his creepy version of I'll be yours till the day that you die. Yes. We are best buddies until the end. More than just buddies, we are best friends. Don't ever leave me. Please don't say goodbye. I'll be yours till the day that you die. <laughs> it's kind of neat. Mark Hamill, by the way, does a great job. Spectacular job. For the most part, I couldn't even tell it was him. And it there wasn't... were a couple times towards the end that I could tell it was him. Yeah. Here, here's the thing about voice actors. Just because you can identify them doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it just so happens that someone Cho who got famous for doing a lot of Vine videos, but he's also a voice actor. He's in a lot of stuff. If you're playing Borderlands 3, which just came out, he's the voice of Flack. It just so happened to be that he had a Twitter thread about recognizing voice actors. And recognizing voice actors, when people say it like it's derogatory towards the voice actors, as if every single character they need to do, the person can't be identified in the voice. Like, how do you watch any movie or TV show? You recognize the actors and you don't get pissed at the fact that you recognize them. (laughs) Do they have to have full facial prosthesis every time they do a different movie? No, absolutely not. So why do you hold voice actors to this different standard? But in any case, yes, you can identify that it is Mark Hamill. It's not his Joker voice, but it's very obviously Mark Hamill's voice. But that's okay. The emotion and character that he conveys in this movie are like spot fucking on. Mm-hmm. I think he does an incredible job in this movie. Mm-hmm. You just, it's not that you don't recognize that it's him. It's just that you kind of don't care that it's him. You forget just because he's kind of wrapped you up in it. Mm-hmm. So Kelsey. Yeah. What do you think this movie got on Rotten Tomatoes? I think it was pretty hated. 48? Not that bad, actually. Okay. It got a 48 Metacritic. So its average rating from reviewers was was 48. Okay. But the percentage of reviewers that overall liked the movie was 64. Hmm. So not quite as bad. Child's Play updates an 80s horror icon for the Internet of Things era with predictably gruesome and generally entertaining results. Mm Mm-hmm. C plus cinema score. Do you think that's overrated or underrated? Underrated. What would you give it? I'm going to give it a 75. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I I think I like it better than the original Child's Play. Aside from the cultural impact of the original Child's Play. And there's some moments in there where it's like, that's classic, you know. But I gave Child's Play a 75. 
I don't think this is an 80 by any means. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's just, I, I had more fun with this, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a 76 just to just to edge out the original Child's Play, which again, I like. I really do like. And Kelsey likes even though the fact that it drives her insane. Yes. But we both kind of like this one a little. It was more fun, mm-hmm. I think. The original was silly, but it played it kind of po-faced. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's silly and it's it's it not trying it. to hide that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think it gained something from that. And like you say, it's a testament to how entertaining it was that even though there were moments where the movie was just like, nope, dude, movie, what are you doing? <laughs> Every time it managed to win you back. Yes. It's not an incredible movie by any stretch of the imagination. No. But it's definitely not bad. No. And so we're sorry if if us liking it better than the original pains you guys, <laughs> but it's just the way we feel. <laughs> So that is our double feature. The late night double feature picture show. Of movies that terrify Kelsey. Yes. 1988's and 2019's Child's Play. Yes. What are we watching next week, Kelsey? So next week is a double feature. Yeah. And another. Stephen King double feature. Yes. What are we watching, Kelsey? Children of the Corn, which I did not know had a remake. Apparently it did. It was a made-for-TV movie in 2009. So, totally awesome. Now, the thing about Children of the Corn, he comes for you too, Malachi. (laughs) (laughs) He wants you too, (laughs) Malachi. The man behind the rose, is that what they call him in that? The man who walks behind the rose. Walks behind the rose, yeah. Um, Great great kind of absurd (laughs) movie i remember children of the corn terrifying me when i was a little kid (laughs) because it was on tv and we didn't have cable at the time so i don't know how this was on tv (laughs) i just remember i just happened to watch the scene that reveals how this became a town full of kids (laughs) where they all kill everybody yes And it's like he just takes this knife from out behind a pinball machine and then just like slices everyone's throats. And I'm like, holy fuck. It scared me to death because I had never seen anything just so brutal at that age. And it was the first time I had ever seen just anything just so brazen. Like I had seen rated R movies like Chuck Norris movies. (laughs) And Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and Steven Seagal movies and those sorts of rated R movies that my dad loved. Mm-hmm. But that usually just meant some tits, some <laughs> fuck, and guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> it didn't mean slitting people's throats and stuff like that. And so this is like the first time I ever saw anything like that. It was a long time before I actually sat down and watched this movie. <laughs> also, it has... Terminator Lady. Linda Hamilton. Woo! Yeah. So love me some Linda Hamilton. And then in 2009, it had a made for TV remake and Stephen King gets screenwriting credit, partial screenwriting credit, along with the director, Donald P. Borchers. So it's not just based on the story by he actually worked on the screenplay or did enough work to where he got credit for it. So I'm really curious to see 
what they do with that one. It's not just one of the many sequels they had to it. It's an actual remake. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Interesting. Yeah, that is next week. Until then, you can always find us at podcemetery.com. Feel free to email us at podcemetery at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at podcemetery. Don't forget to rate and review in your podcatcher of choice. Of course, five-star written reviews are a enormous help for us. Share us with your friends because that's even more awesome. But the best thing you can do is listen in the first place. Thank you all so, so much. We love each and every one of you. Until next time, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words? Are we having fun now? But something interesting is that both Fright Night and Child's Play tell a story about a young man, obviously wide differences in ages, that sees something supernatural and potentially homicidal and tries to warn other people and nobody believes him. I just thought that that was uh, interesting. Interesting little connection between the two. Oh, I didn't ask you what it's about. Nope. Kelsey, what is Child's Play about? If you've been to Disneyland in the past 10 years and you've seen a Sally doll, is that her name, Sally? No. Peggy? No. Susie. What the fuck is her name? Lulu. No. <laughs> Sally. No, Woody that's... and... Sandy. Fuck. Sally. <laughs> Probably something like that. Hold on. Susie. No. Lucy. Something like Sally. Callie. Jesse. Jesse. You want to start over if you've been to Disneyland in the past or whatever. So obviously there was this big explosion from the Toy Story. Walking by. There's nothing that I wouldn't do if it meant... Getting you to notice that I'm alive. I've got whatever it takes. It's a piece of cake. To stand out above the crowd. Even if I gotta shout out loud. Tonight is the only thing you'll see. I'm gonna stand out till you notice me. If you left the stickers on your CD jewel cases, you should be beaten. You know those people that do that, that leave the stickers on? They get all, like, dirty and hairy and shit like that on the sticky part. And it's just like, no, just fucking meticulously take that fucking sticker off. That's just my own personal view on a phenomenon that just does not exist anymore. (laughs) Yes, it is I. The nostalgia bone is my penis. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.